Welcome to the Bible Professor Podcast Show. Our goal is to bring biblical literacy to the podcasting world and to the ends of the earth. We'll do that by teaching the Bible, defending biblical Christianity, and discussing the Bible's relevance to culture. Here is your host, the Reverend Dr. Mal Winstead. I'd like to welcome Amaris or Amy Warren uh, to the show today, someone who can definitely discuss the Bible's relevance to culture. Welcome, Amy, to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay. And uh, you do prefer Amy, I think. Either is fine. Amaris is my given name. It's uh, (laughs) a little hard to pronounce. So uh, most people call me Amy. So Amy is fine. Yeah. So my my oldest daughter's middle name is Damaris. It's basically uh, Amaris with a D on the front. But anyway, we got that out of... uh, Acts chapter 17. Anyway, Amy, welcome to the show. Uh, Tell our listeners a little bit about your uh, family, your current location, what you're into. Sure, absolutely. Um, Well, I was uh, born in North Philadelphia (laughs) to a Puerto Rican family. And so that's why I kind of have a little bit what we call it a a Philly Rican accent. Um, But my (laughs) husband and I currently live in North Carolina, um, which is a little a little crazy, you know, a city chick in 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 the country. Um, but I have grown to love it. I say I'm a, I'm a city girl with a country heart. So, um, but my husband is the pastor of our small, uh, church fellowship. We have two teenage daughters, um, Chloe and Ivy. Chloe has recently headed off to Regent university. I did homeschool both of them, um, all of their lives. So it's been a little bit of a challenge to transition to that, uh, but she's not too far. We're only about an hour and 20 minutes away. Um, I have enjoyed working with teenagers for almost 30 years. And so um, that is really where my heart is. That is where the bulk of my ministry is at this time um, since graduating from even before graduating um, from SES, really homeschooling brought me to the love of apologetics and worldview. And so in homeschooling them, I decided, you know, I think I need to learn a little bit more. And so I decided to go ahead and go to school and absolutely never a day goes by that I don't that I don't think about what a blessing um, just understanding um, the understanding that that was afforded to me through through my education with SES um, has been just in ministry, in discipling my own children, in um, being, um, you know, pastor's wife and helper in that in, in, in that aspect as well. And so it's been a great, great um encouragement and a great asset to our ministry. Um, I am currently a Rashio Christie um, college prep um, chapter um, missionary with them as well. So we're going to be, we're going to be launching that in January. Um, My husband and I also, uh, we have taught the youth apologetics track from American family radios, um, marriage family life conference for the past two years. So we have been the directors for that as well. So we go to Tupelo once a year and we direct that as well. That's been a great, great experience for us. Um, gosh, what else do I say? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I happen to know you're a busy person, a busy in ministry yes. and uh, kudos to you. That's uh, Lord bless you. And, and uh, just thank you for your service to the Lord. This is great. Um, Ratio Christie, what school will you be a, uh, serving them at 
That's a great question. Rocio Christie has historically been on college campuses, but up until two or three years ago, they started a college prep um, sort of um, wings to that. And so I'm doing college prep and our our chapter is within our church. It's 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 located in our church. And so we are um, I'm working with high school kids. Um, preparing them to go off to college and preparing them to, to, to have a robust faith before they head off to college. Okay. And I, I want to get there uh, pretty quickly, but first let me ask you just out of curiosity, uh, which came first, your, your homeschooling, your own children or youth ministry? I mean, which one of those came chronologically first for you and your husband? Youth ministry. I started in youth ministry when I was 17 years old and okay. I fell in love with it. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. So you're doing um, Ratio Christie college prep for college uh, for high schoolers uh, in your church youth group. But even before your entrance or introduction to Ratio Christie, you were already doing apologetics, right? To a certain degree, yes. Um, I was actually introduced to worldview, really, because obviously apologetics and worldview are two different things, which really do what I've found in ministry is you cannot have one without the other. It is so intricately. They work together so well. Um, And um, worldview, um, I went to a homeschool conference and my children were like three and four years old and I found apologia. Apologies. Uh, who is uh, who is um, uh, one of our props? What we believe series. Teaches, yeah. Yeah. It's the what, what we, we believe okay, series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One of our uh, professors at Southern Evangelical uh, teaches for them as well, I think. Dr. Uh, Huffling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Dr. Yes. Dr. Huffling. All right. Cool. So yeah. Um, so, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And so um, I found those books in, in, and I had an undergraduate degree in Christian ministry, um, but I had never really been exposed to apologetics or worldview. And so I was reading this to my children and I'm thinking, what is this? This is amazing. And, um, mm-hmm. and it was from there really that I started to pursue um, understanding apologetics and worldview. Okay. And you have a uh, master's degree from, from SES, right? Yes, sir. And uh, in religion. Okay. Uh, After the uh, apologia um, curriculum that you had for your kids, what other curriculum have you tried with the teens at church and which ones have you found more useful than all the others? Great question. Do you develop Um, your own? I, I do now. Um, initially okay. before completing my studies and really feeling more confident in, in sort of synthesizing a lot of things, um, I, I, I used summit ministries curriculums. Um, they had, uh, elementary school and then they had, um, what's it called? I have it. It's like three books. And for some reason it escapes me now, but there's an elementary, um, but it was summit ministries curriculums that I used for my youth um, until um, I finished my degree. And then I also completed the Colson fellows um, fellows um, fellows program as well, which really gave me just, I I feel, um, you know, the apologetics and the philosophy and, and the theology that I, that I was able to, to really take in from SES 
And then the, that following year, I went into the Colson Fellows Program and it really just gave me a, an understanding of how necessary it is to have sort of that framework um, because in my mind and in the way that I'm able to express this understanding to teenagers now, I really do have to give them a, an understanding of, of the, the creation, fall, redemption, restoration storyline mm. before they can understand, um, you know, why things are not the way they ought to be. And, and, okay. then, and then sort of input those apologetics ideas into that um, and then give them a defense um, of that framework. Uh, so I, I really believe that they worked hand in hand. Okay. What other curriculum have you used or do you want to mention or maybe some of it you want to leave sure. unmentioned or, or what are you <laughs> doing right now? With uh, well, right now I really do write a lot of my own stuff because I've read so many books through the Colson right. fellowship program, um, through SES. I've, I just, I've, I've have so many books that I've enjoyed. A lot of them are more accessible to the lay, you know, to the, to, to young kids, yeah, like, that's right. um, Frank Turek's book. Um, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. I've done that a couple of times, um, with the youth and also with adults. So I've put together, um, just lessons from that on my own, um, and really kind of inserted also, I did, I did put together, um, a curriculum that I taught both at American family radio and also taught it at our church where we like to bring our teens and adults together periodically uh, yeah. to teach them together because we want to, we want to open up those, avenues of conversation between parents and teens. Mm -hmm. um, Man, it's that, that's this, excellent. It, the division that is happening in our culture is, is it's an epidemic and it is mm -hmm. killing our teens and it's killing tradition. And it's, it's, it's putting a lot of block, a lot of um, obstacles um, into the passing down of the historic Christian faith. And so well, let's, let's what go we, ahead. Let, let me back okay. up. I'm I'm sorry. You're okay. you're going uh, <laughs> you're going too fast because you, you're hitting. Sorry. I think, <laughs> no, I, I think you're hitting a lot of uh, great uh, things here. Our listeners might be interested. It's so uh, interesting. And so, Amy, um, you're saying a lot of division in the culture. Go ahead and just lay out there what you mean by that specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's this idea of uh, this divide, right? And I, I think that the name of it is something like uh, re relational um, re relational minim minimalism, I think is the name of it, um, okay. the, where this idea that, that young people are taking on more and more, where they are sort of um, cutting off relationships that they feel are toxic to them. And obviously now the idea of toxic can be something as simple as a different political view. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so the, the, the big ticket items here with this whole relational minimalism, um, what is contributing a lot to that is is the sexual ethics, the difference in sexual ethics between the generations and technology. <clears throat> and so those two things are feeding into this idea of relational minimalism. And so young people are just sort of discarding these relationships with their parents and with their grandparents and with their pastors and with anyone that has any sort of connotation to tradition. 
And so we're seeing this more and more young people. And then the church, of course, tends to um, feed that when they separate mm-hmm. the teens from the adults and everything that they do. And so what, uh, you know, hey, this is the Bible professors show. What what does the Bible got to does the Bible speak to that issue at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. The first institution in the Bible uh-huh. is the family. Yeah. In absolutely. Genesis, the first institution that God created was the family before the before the the priesthood, before the New Testament church, mm. before the government, it was the family. And so this is causing because things are not the way they ought to be, because in Genesis before the fall was the family. And the fall, of course, helped to destroy and deteriorate all the good things that God created. The family was one of them. And okay. so, you know, the 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 institution of, of the family is under attack. Hey, that's great. Uh, Amy, you you swung and knocked that question out of the park immediately. Uh, the family's instituted <laughs> right there in the beginning of the Bible. Boom. There it is. Wonderful. What else you kind of already answered, uh, began to answer a question I was going to ask next. What what else are teens in your church, in your uh, area dealing with, struggling with? So much. I mean, gender, sexuality, the the gender sexuality thing is huge. Um, I would say the very first time that my husband and I did the American Family Radio um, family conference, I would say at least two thirds. We had about 200 teens that between the ages of 13 and 19, 13 and 17, between the ages of 13 and 17 in our in our course. Uh, it was if, if over two two days. We taught six sessions. We taught the curriculum that I put together, um, doing the worldview and then inserting the, I, the apologetics ideas. <clears throat> and I would say about two thirds of them who were actually there, because if you're at an American family radio conference, most likely you're coming from a Christian or marginally Christian family, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At least two thirds of them had gender sexuality confusion and could not answer or figure out what it meant. Wow. And so bringing them back, of course, giving them that framework of what, what what what's the beginning what is it all for right um okay. help them kind of give more give, give context to that yeah so uh give our listeners um uh, uh equip them a little bit here so so amen i'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit uh, a 13 year old uh, well a 13 year old actually heard her say this just a few days ago she comes to your youth group amy and her husband's youth group She's a visitor and you, you're talking the gender identity uh, hoopla and um, they say, well, I lots of my friends at school are, you know, transgender or whatever, identify with some animal, even whatever. And yes. uh, they say, but that's their business. So I don't say anything. What does Amy uh, respond with? <laughs> oh, gosh. Ah, so many. And that's happened so many times. It really has. Um, And we can't say nothing, right? Absolutely. No, really the, the, what I have sort of um, experienced in those situations is really just 
beginning a conversation, Mm -hmm. trying to understand what do you think about that? How do you feel about that? Right. Um, What context is this? um, Does this make sense to you? And then and then start to talk about truth. Does truth exist? Because I think that is the basis. That's the very foundational um, conversation Mm -hmm. to have, because if truth does exist, then there has to be a truth about that particular subject. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I don't know that attacking the subject or attacking the idea right off the bat works. Um, I've not had the experience where that works. Yeah. In other words, you can't just say, well, there that's, that's just stupid or whatever one might want to say, you know, wearing their own emotions on their sleeves, that, that doesn't help. Absolutely. Maybe and I'm kind of along the lines of you. Uh, I think actually I answered this person with something about it might be their business, but it's actually not reality. And, you know, and then mention right. just a comment about biology or reality. Yeah. I mean, that that's the bigger issue here. You know, what's yeah. really real, and what, what is true. And also teleology, what, you know, what is the purpose yeah. for which God has designed Design, you yes. and me and your classmates and them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one one example of a conversation that I had recently with a young man who came into the church because um, we kind of hang out. Our, our, our church is very small. It's a very small fellowship, which allows us really to to get to know people, you know, oh, yeah. on a much more intimate level. And we're on a storefront, you know. Um, and so we we I had a young man come in and I've been talking to him for a while. He considers himself an atheist. And um, he made it and it wasn't it wasn't gender sexuality, but it was sort of, you know, again, so many things, so many of these ideas. Mm -hmm. Right. You kind of have to try to dwindle down to is there truth? Does truth exist? Yeah. And so in talking to him, he's telling me his he's how much anxiety he has and how he deals with a lot of anxiety. And, and I, and I'm asking him questions. Well, what, where, where do you get this? Where do you feel this comes from? Well, he thinks it's from his relationship with his stepfather. And so I start to ask him questions about his relationship with his stepfather. Well, what is it that your stepfather's doing that is causing you anxiety? And he begins to tell me, well, he lies to me. And I don't like that he lies to me. And so I'm just kind of talking and just kind of really trying to dig and get him some information on his thinking process, his thought process, where he is um, concerning, you know, these foundational ideas that you have to build on. And um, he and then he, he says, I said, well, we got to the idea of religions or something. And I said, well, do you believe that truth exists? And he says, no, I think it's, you know, and I said, well, then why would you be upset if your grand, if your, if your stepfather doesn't tell you the truth? Right. And so it hit him yeah. and he's saying, oh, I get it. You know, he didn't know what to say to, to that. But, you know, for, from what, from where I stand and from my experiences with teenagers, it really is a lot of talking, a lot of question asking, a lot of getting them to the, um, the foundation of what it is they believe because they, they don't know how to put thoughts together. They're not thinking logically. Yeah. 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 And, and you guys, uh, and I think we've started this at my small church. We've sort of ramped it up lately. It's not just the teaching, the material of apologetics and theology and whatnot, but it's spending time with those teens. Like we've, we've really ramped up taking them on, 
outings and not just fun outings, but service projects, doing things with these. Right. Uh, they're young adults. You know yes. that, Amy. Uh, in fact, absolutely. S- speak to this issue. I'd like to hear your thoughts on my perspective on teenagers is they really are adults. They can think like adults can at that level. And, you know, we need to be teaching them at that level and not just, you know, babying them and, and so forth. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I completely agree. And in, in my experience with teenagers, they are capable of understanding and processing theological truths that we do not give them enough credit for even young children. Um, and yes, I think, I definitely. think this, I, I, I really do. I believe that. I think if we, as leaders in the church, as parents, as grandparents, simply put a little bit more effort into educating ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think there is oh, yeah. so much. There is so much. It's not just the responsibility of the church, as you know, Dr. Winstead. It is mm-hmm. the responsibility of the family. And, and a lot of this really is simply just laziness. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, it's laziness. It's atrophy <laughs> of the faith. It's not yeah. doing what you know that needs to be done to pass on the historic Christian faith. And then we sit back and we go, what's going on with the kids? Well, we're sitting here lazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and That's so right. absolutely young people are able to grasp deep theological truths in ways that we do not give them enough credit for. Yeah, I, I like that. I a hundred percent agree. That's a, uh, that's good stuff. And also, um, th- uh, in a, in another direction, but same concept. They are old enough to for us to be ministering deep truths to them. Because look, in a year or two, after they get away from us, they're having jobs, they're having babies, they're members of society. Why Absolutely. why not spend all that we can? I don't care what it costs in resources, time, effort, loss of sleep. Teaching, reteaching, reteaching. Uh, you know, we we need to be equipping our young yeah. folks. And I think I think the crime here in the American sort of psyche is this compartmentalizing of our faith. We mm-hmm. don't see our faith as our life. It is Christian living. It is what we do everywhere we go with everybody that we talk to in every aspect of our lives. We compartmentalize it, and and this is what kids do. And so. Yeah, this isn't, you know, it, it, it's it's the scripture. It's in Deuteronomy. You know, you do it when you're when you're sitting down, when you're standing up, when you're walking you about the way. I mean, this is you're constantly <clears throat> teaching your children the the the, the precepts of the Lord. And I, it's missing. It's missing in our yeah. culture. It's missing in our churches. It's missing in our society. And so we believe that we need to help bring those 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 two together have well, and bring see, teens and parents mm-hmm. and see your answer's gone back to the bible again which i actually just mentioned this i think this past sunday in church from the pulpit uh in pa- i mentioned in passing but why is it that with so many christians even the fairly solid christians around you you, you let me word it like this i can have a deeper biblical and theological conversation with somebody out on the streets many times than I can with people who've been sitting in church for 40 years every week. That's, that's ridiculous. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they feel they've done their job. They feel they come to church. They sit in the pew. They pay the, mm-hmm. they make sure the windows are nice. They make sure the pews are mm-hmm. clean and they, they, mm-hmm. they've done their job. That's their Christian duty. Yeah. 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 And I, I I'm with you, the Deuteronomy six principle, uh, training our kids is our job. And what we do for a paycheck every week is simply should be to support that habit support the real job. (laughs) So uh, uh, press a little more about your relationship um, uh, to parents, the parents of your teenagers. How do you and your uh, pastor husband, what does that look like for you all? Yeah, great question. So we have several things that we try to incorporate within the context of discipleship and teaching and training and relationship. Cause I, for us, it's all, it's all one, right. It's one big ball that helps, um, to really make a robust faith and make it to where the parents and the teens are talking and having conversations and spending time together. Um, our church is really set up as we have round tables. And so even when you come to church on Sunday, you're sitting at a round table. Um, okay. it's very much, um, it's very much sort of structured to conversations and community. Uh, and so one of the things that we, my husband actually was, it was his idea was to start doing uh, free community guitar lessons. And so that brought in some young people. And then when their parents would come in, my husband would talk to them or some of the other, you know, um, um, musicians would talk to them and we would, inevitably bring in the parents as well, because then guess what? The dad has an old guitar he wanted to dust off and hadn't played since he was a teenager. So then all of a sudden you've got son and daughter and father sitting there playing the guitar um, together. And that's actually built a lot of families to come together in just something like that. Right. Because music is a gift, right. Um, To do something like that together. And then what we realized, what, what, what we realized in our, our Wednesday night Bible study is there were the teens to enjoy their time alone as a group. But what we decided to do was every once in a while, every few months, we would do like a four to six week series where we would bring the parents and the teens together and do some apologetics and worldview. Cause my husband is working on his PhD in Bible, uh, you know, ex- expository preaching. And so for me, it's like, I'm in the apologetics worldview and he's in the, you know, expository um, world okay. over there. And so I will bring in the apologetics worldview into the, the, um, the mixed sessions. Um, and then this coming week, we have actually four young teenage boys who are going to be teaching the, teens and the adults together and the parents together, some of their apologetics and worldview um, uh, subjects that they've been learning. Um, So just really having those opportunities for them to constantly come together and, and really not, not letting parents off the hook, you know, just not letting them them off the hook. It's not, you know, you, you, you don't want to (laughs) get, I don't want to get Philly and ghetto on them or anything, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, but sometimes no, you got to give them the tough news, you know, yeah. you get up, you know, you're a dad, be a dad. It's your job. There you know, you this go. is what the scriptures say. 
I like it. I like it. So uh, we're talking today with Amy Warren from Eastern North Carolina. She's a trained apologist, uh, works with youth there in her church uh, that her husband pastors and uh, has been a Colson Fellows and worked with American Family Radio. And um, Amy, I really appreciate this. I wanted to ask you, though, when you're when you've got the teens and the adults together at the roundtables in your church for worldview and or apologetics what is your what is it if i walked in there what would it look like are you using powerpoint are they writing on paper is it just verbal discussion or what it's both it's both i i'm i'm a big powerpoint person i enjoy having visuals i do visuals i always put together worksheets for them um and then we do q a And so sometimes I will ask my teens, I'll say, can you answer that question? Because they're getting more apologetics and worldview than the adults are. Um, Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the teenager will be able to answer the question. And so really engaging them um, in those discussions. And you said you have um, pretty soon uh, some of the young teens are actually going to get some experience at presenting this material in, in your church, right? Absolutely. We have yeah, one good. teen, the, the teen that's coming up is going to be doing um, naturalism versus um, divine design or intelligent design, uh, which best explains the origin of the universe. Uh, another teenager is going to be doing, um, what's he doing? He is doing the reliability of the New Testament. I uh, have another t- teenager possibly doing abortion, um, the, 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 um, uh, the abortion issue. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other one I believe is doing uh, the whole idea of God being a cosmic child abuser. So some pretty deep oh, stuff. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that is intense. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you, Amy, uh, other, you just brought up several issues. That may be the answer to my question. I was going to ask what other apologetic or social type issues are your your teenagers dealing with but you just mentioned several any more that come to mind um yeah i think the big ticket items right now are just the whole uh, separation obviously from uh, but that's not really an apologetic issue that's more of a worldview issue i think um gender sexuality a big one transgenderism i recently read the book by abigail schreier um and it was I mean, it's shocking to say the least. Um, and that really, really, I think a lot of that has to do just with a lack of, of teaching on worldview, a lack of teaching on worldview, just the idea that these kids don't, you know, the idea that you can evangelize, you go, you know, go evangelizing and start with Jesus saves you from your sins. It's like, they don't even understand that anymore because they don't even know what sin is. And so, you know, I think it was Francis Schaefer who said, um, I think it was Francis Schaefer. I could be or Nancy Piercy, one of the two. I can't remember um, that said the gospel doesn't start with Jesus wants to save you. Jesus came to save you from your sins. Jesus died to save you from your sins. I'm going to mess that up. Let me try that again. Um, he said one of them said the gospel doesn't start with Jesus died to save you from their sins. It starts with in the beginning. Yeah. Otherwise. You have what we have in the Western Christianity anyway. It's a bunch of false converts who just said, oh, yeah, Absolutely. I like your story. 
you know, without yeah. understanding the real basis of the gospel story, it does, uh, in fact, begin in Genesis. I like that. But um, if you were citing Nancy Piercy, that would be just as well, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> I've, I've read a, a really her book, Love Thy Body. I read. Uh, I have not read that ago. one yet. I'm anxious to get to that, that one. Yeah, that book's worth its weight in gold. It's it's uh, it's it's eye opening as well. She deals with obviously transgender, but also transhuman transhuman issue yeah. even she oh, deals with okay, that cool. um, um yeah it's now she deals with that lightly just a little bit but mm -hmm. the whole book is really wow it's good stuff um so let me see what else uh, other concerns for the church for christian young people in america that you might have Yeah, you know, I, I just I really believe that a lot of these things from from when I did my session with American Family Radio and I've talked several times with our own youth and our adults. Um, just really equipping parents, encouraging them that they can learn these things, that if they just apply themselves to these ideas. One of the most basic things that I recently did with five women from our church, varying ages, grandmothers, mothers, was I went through um, J.I. Packer's book. Um, oh my goodness. I'm losing the name. Was of it Knowing it God? Twice. Knowing God. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Because of just the idea that they don't even understand the basic mm -hmm. attributes of God. Yeah. And so many of them, several of them just were blown away because they didn't even understand who God was. Mm -hmm. And so to give them just that basic information gives them much more confidence in who God is, allowing them to then have these deep conversations with their children and their grandchildren, because some of them are have children who are not going to speak to their grandchildren, you know, to their particular grandchildren about the Lord and the things of the Lord. And a lot of these parents frankly, are feeling extremely just completely cut off from the world. Mm. Complete. Yeah. And they love the Lord. They are people who have been through trial and triumph and still walk with the Lord, still have their faith. And they're just, uh, just a treasure trove of wisdom that is not being tapped into because these generations consider themselves so apart, so other from them. Mm -hmm. And 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 I really think that churches today need to invest in in training our parents and our grand and our and our grandparents on how to break down these obstacles of uh, of communication and really start these conversations. It is not the job of the youth pastor to disciple your child. It is your job. Hey, hey Amen. That's that's good. That's good. Uh, uh, folks need to hear that. So uh, thank you, Amy, for sharing that. So, Amy, let me uh, begin to close up shop here with you, you actually have already, as far as I'm concerned, bookended this uh, podcast episode with because you just brought it up at the very end. And at the beginning is this issue of the separating the, the, the younger generation sort of cutting themselves off from the older generations. What? Explain one more time or maybe a little deeper what you think is behind all of that. What is the cause of that sort of thing? 
I think it's several things. I, I, I think, and I keep harping on this because I really believe strongly that giving people an understanding of the, the, the story of reality, right? Creation, fall, redemption, restoration, understanding like you, you know, using the words that you just use, the bookends of reality, right? The beginning okay. and the end mm-hmm. um, and what happened in the middle, what happens in between. I think understanding that basic framework of worldview, I think is just so necessary in bringing people to understand what relationships are even for. And so understanding what the parent, what the mother and the father is, why it's designed, why, what the, the purpose of it is to reflect the Trinity, the, the, the purpose of it is to, to make disciples and to pass on the historic Christian faith. All of that really rests within the framework of, uh, of, of reality, of, of the Christian worldview. And so really harping on that, giving that, allowing our parents to understand that because you can be a Christian for 50, 60 years and not even understand what a worldview is Uh, and not understand how twisted your worldview is and how Mm -hmm. many puzzle pieces of pantheism and, 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 and atheism and, 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 um, even Islam and, you know, panentheism, the new thing, right? All of these Mm -hmm. different naturalistic and, and, and different um, puzzle pieces have made it onto your puzzle that you're trying to fit and it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. We're not speaking to our children about Christianity in a way that is coherent. Okay. Amy, that's a good word. Thank you. So we've been talking on this episode with Amy Warren, uh, a North Philly gal who's uh, transplanted to Northeastern North Carolina uh, she's a Christian apologist, uh, youth leader and uh, teacher and does lots of other things. And uh, I appreciate you uh, today coming on. Do you have any closing words of encouragement for your fellow Christians? Yeah, out absolutely. There? Absolutely, man. You know, when you talk to apologists, you talk to people who have been trained um, and I get this a lot. Some people say, you know, I just feel intimidated. I don't really know all that. Just start a square one. Get a book on apologetics for children. There are plenty Mm. out there. There's Jay Warner Wallace's books. Um, You've got Natasha Grain who puts great stuff out for young people, for parents specifically to have conversations and to answer their children's, you know, hard questions. You know, get what you can understand. Apply yourself in the most basic way and God will bless it. The Holy Spirit dwells in you if you are a believer and will Mm. help you to understand these truths that will help to 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 disciple your your young person, whether it's a child or a teenager. Um, I will say this shameless plug. I will be starting a podcast as well um, here pretty soon. Sweet. I'm working with some of Frank Turek's people um, to put together a podcast called Tribe Talk with Amy Warren. And the okay. purpose of that is going to be to bring teenagers and parents and grandparents to the table to discuss these difficult questions um, and to find common ground. And so that's going to be the, the, the point of that. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully I can also provide some, some resources to help parents and grandparents really understand that it is their job and they are capable and the Holy Spirit dwells in them if they are believers and can help them through it. Amen. Thank you, Amy. Very good. So we've been joined today by Amy Warren, as I said, a North Philly gal who now lives in eastern North Carolina, who is a Christian apologist, 
uh, youth uh, worker, teacher, and wears lots of other hats. And thank you for joining us uh, today on the Bible Professor Podcast. Be blessed.